three of our series on mission, and, and this whole series uh, through week three into next week is all about doing what God's Word calls us to do, uh, the commands that we're given as Christ followers uh, from God's Word itself. You know, back in week one, we talked about the Great Commission. You know, we're all called to go and make disciples of all nations, but unfortunately in today's world, and among Christians today, it's more like the great omission. We think it's someone else's job, or hey, that's the pastor's job to, to do that. It's not my job, but the reality is Jesus told it to his disciples, which also means we should be doing the same thing. Last week, we talked about loving one another and how we should not only love one another, but, but that our fruit, we should have good fruit and, and, and people should see our fruit as we move forward. And today we're going to talk about what the Bible talks about the church. Now, interesting enough, before we get to that, I got to thinking, have you ever had one of those moments in your life when all of a sudden everything is just crystal clear? Everything seems to be perfect. It's like, this is that aha moment. It's that light bulb moment, and you're like, finally I got it. Yeah, I kind of get that way when I see some assembly required on something. You know, because what happens is, is being the man that I am, it's like I look at the picture and I say, I can do that. And, and I, I'm trying to, it's like, hey, I, I've got to get it done. I've got other things to do. You know, us men, we're linear. It's like we do tasks in order, get it done, move it out of the way. If it don't get done, we move it out of the way anyways and we keep on going. So, you know, it's about getting it done. And, and then after like the second try of it still don't look like the picture, I kind of go back and I look at the instructions and I have that aha moment. You know, I forgot that one piece that held it all together. And unfortunately, we run into that in our lives. And I think even that clarity that I've gotten them times that I couldn't get something put together right. And when I finally looked at the instructions, I get that same way when I open up God's word. When I take time to open up his word and dig into his word, I kind of get a lot of times them aha moments or that clarity moment, especially when something's not right. If I'm not feeling right, something's not, it's just, you know, some days you're just off, it doesn't feel right to you, and then you open up God's word and it's right there in front of you. And you have that aha moment, that light bulb moment where you're able to just say, hey, that's what I'm called to do. And by going to God's word, you kind of, man, this is perfect. He, he answered my questions. He gave me guidance in what I got to do. He basically gave you instructions. And today, that's what we're going to look at is what the Bible talks about community, about the community of the church, a community as Christians. And, and, you know, I love when I hear people say, Hey, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. You know what? 30% of people in this world who claim to be Christians don't attend. Uh, only only 30% of the 70% that claim to be Christians actually attend church. So think about that. If 70% of the U.S. says, hey, I'm a Christian, but only 30% go to church, it would kind of make sense that people would say, I don't need to go to church to be a Christian. And the reality is, guess what? The church will never save you. Unfortunately, it won't. The only saving grace we have is through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. 
you accept Jesus, that's how your salvation comes. The church will never save you. It's more of a people go to church and then they go to Bible studies and they read God's Word because they're doing this checklist. You know, hey, I went to church this week. I spent my hour and 15 minutes there. Hey, I read the Bible once this week and, and uh, I went to my, you know, once a month life group. I don't go every week because I'm kind of busy, but I went once, so I'm good to go, right? And unfortunately, if them statistics are like, you got to be kidding me, only 30%, you're probably one of those that aren't the 30%. But if you're sitting there saying, well, yeah, that makes sense, only 30%, that means you're probably one of those people that only come a third of the time. But with that being said, <laughs> kind of as we look at this and we talked about the whole Christianity, we, we need to look at God's Word. We need to look at what God says about being a Christ follower, about doing what He calls us to do. In order to look at it, what do we got to look at? We got to look at the Bible. Basic information before leaving earth, right? This is our instruction manual. This is the owner's manual that even, you know, we never look at in our car, until a light comes on, and then you got to go to the owner's manual to figure out what it is. Well, think of your life as that light's on, and you need to go to your owner's manual and see what's going on. And, and, and this is what we're called as Christ followers to, to go into his word, to dig into it, to see what it says. And, and I think the best scripture in here, probably the most taught on scripture when it comes to attending church is found in Hebrews chapter 10. So if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to open up to Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to be in verses 24 and 25. If you don't have a Bible with you, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you, and you can find Hebrews 10, 24 on page 1,381 in that Bible. But as always, it will be up on the screen. And, and as always, to give reverence to our Lord, can I get everyone to all rise for the reading and the hearing of God's Word. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. Read it with me. And let us watch out for one another to provoke love and good works, not neglecting to gather together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging each other and all the more as you see the day approaching. This is the word of the Lord. Praise be to God. You may be seated. It's kind of the big idea for today is, is kind of thinking about this. Being on mission with God means being a living and active member of the community of God. So think about that, being a living and active member of the community of God. It, it requires you to do something. It requires action, it requires movement, it requires something of you. And, and kind of applying this to our life is that we can go on mission with God by representing Him to those within the community of God and also outside the community. You know, we, we've talked about that before, how, you know, we, we always talk about, oh, we need to go out and we need to talk to people. It's about being outside these four walls and, and being in the community. But at the same time, as much as our mission field is whoever is in front of our face, it also happens inside church. It happens with inside the community of God, and, and it happens no matter where we're at. 
And I think it's interesting when you look at this scripture, you notice it says, let us. So us is like everybody. Guess what? That means it's not me. I'm not the sole person. It's us. Let us. Let us continue to do it. It's about more than just one person. I think about, you know, Christianity, so many people, and, and I understand it. Christianity is a personal relationship between you and Jesus Christ, right? It, it, I totally understand it. It is a personal relationship. It is one-on-one. However, it doesn't replace the fact that even though it is a personal relationship, it still requires others. It still requires a community. It still requires people to come along and be by your side to, to lift you up, to be there when you need it, to be able to pray for you, to be able to just come by your side when something's going on in your life. And, and I think every one of us at some point in our life has needed someone to come by our side. We, we've been in that moment where, hey, you know, God, I know you understand, but I need a hug. I, I just need someone. Yeah, for those of you who know me, you know I'm never asking for a hug. <laughs> Uh, I need a hug. I, I, I just need someone to listen. I need someone to be there for me. And that requires community in order to do it. You know, later today, if it's not rained out, the Daytona 500 is today. Maybe that's where people are at. Daytona. I doubt it. Anyways. <laughs> so I, I think about Daytona and I, I think about <clears throat> going, going to the races are amazing. But what always amazed me is when they pull into the pit. They pull into the pits, and what do you have? You have a group of guys jump out, all wearing the same uniform, got sponsors on, they're looking good, and they're moving. It's like, hey, these two guys are doing the tires, this guy's jacking up the car, this guy's cleaning the windshield, this guy's putting in fuel, someone else wiping off the front of the car, and they change all four tires, fill it full of gas, clean the windshield, all of that in like 15 seconds or less. Totally amazing. Totally amazing. Yeah, a whole lot less than 15 but it's like cool. And then if you watch IndyCar, they just pull up and they like air compress it. The whole thing comes up at one time, they, you know, and it's like they do it in like nine seconds or less. And it's like totally amazing. I got to thinking, man, what would happen if it was like this self-service pit? Imagine being in first place in the Daytona 500 and now you need gas. So you got to pull into the pit. And when you get there, you've got to unbuckle yourself, get out of your car, so climb out the window. Then you got to jack up the car, replace all four tires, clean your own window, put gas in it, clean it, and then get back in the car and drive off. You think you're still going to be in first place? Probably not. You're probably going to be a bunch of laps down by the time that you do that. But, but here's the reality. It takes all those people. And I get to thinking, man, what if the owner of the team, the owner of the race car, said, you know what? I'm going to hire someone there's one person that knows everything about the, the cars, can make them run faster, aerodynamics, all this stuff. I'm going to hire him so I can win a race, but never hires a pit crew. He's going to be in the same situation. Well, what if the owner's up there and he says, hey, you know what? I got, I got the best pit crew in the world. I have hired the top-notch people. They're here, and all of a sudden, he's up in, in the tower, and he's looking down on his pit crew, and here comes the car into the pit, and only 30% of the crew goes to work. So you only got 30% of the crew comes out, starts working on the car, and the other 70 or 70% of the crew is like 
looking at their nails, watching TikTok videos, you know, playing on Facebook or YouTube, or they're doing something else. What do you think the owner's going to do? He ain't going to be, he's probably going to start firing some people, right? Well, I got a question. What does our owner think when he looks at us? If we're his pit crew, and we're supposed to be bringing people into church, and we're supposed to be there to, to be this team to come together to support one another, and he only sees 30% of the people doing it, what's our owner going to think? And, and it's that reality of, man, am I one of them 30 percenters, or, or am I one of the others that, you know, that 70% that am actually part of the team? You know, I, I coached football for 13 years, and I've had parents come up to me and say, oh, well, you know, little Johnny isn't real athletic. And, and, and little Johnny's not real coordinated, but I figure if I get little Johnny playing football, he'll get better at it. Now, now as a football coach, I'm like, whew, glad he's not an offensive lineman. Anyway, <laughs> I'm glad someone else has to coach him. But the reality is, is no one joins an athletic team just to join a team. I've never had a kid in 13 years of coaching come up and say, hey, coach, you know what? I know we're in game 10 of the season. I've played every down of every game, and, and you know what? I, I think it's time for someone else to play. I've never had that happen. I can tell you when, when, when I played football, when I wrestled, I was never, ever about to let anyone take my position. I was going to be there because that's why I joined. I joined the team to not only participate, but to win, to get out there and do what I could for the rest of the team, lift them up. Hey, if someone missed their assignment, I was right there. I was going to take care of it. And, and, and it's just the way that it worked out that that's what we're supposed to be as a team. So why as Christians do we act like it's just me alone? Isolating ourselves as Christians will never get us anywhere. It requires us to come together and, and to actually spend time together with each other, to, to do what we're called to do and, and live our life. And, and ultimately, we're supposed to creatively help someone else grow. The words, let us consider. Let us consider, which means you got to think about it. You, you should be thinking about it, meditating on it. And, and i got to ask, when's the last time you came to church and said, how can I creatively spur someone else along today? How can I creatively use something that I've read in God's Word or that I learned this week and to help somebody else grow? The reality is that's how we should come into church. We should come in looking at how can I build somebody else up? You know, not only are we going to dig it like, like Carlos said, dig it down so the roots are deeper, but strapping it down. We're each other's straps. We're the straps that help hold someone through those storms and through those times so they don't blow over until the roots get strong. But so many times we're caught on not, we're individuals. We're not about a team, and we don't think about creatively. How can I creatively spur someone or help someone else grow? The reality is, now, I'm, I'm not taking it away from me because, yes, it is my job every week to go through God's Word, 
read it, see what God lays on my heart, dig into the scriptures, and then come in here on a Sunday morning and give what God gave me to you. That's what I'm called to do. And guess what? I'm going to do it every week. Plus, I'm going to do it every Wednesday night for midweek Bible study, every Thursday night for youth, Saturday mornings for uh, the Forge Bible study. You know, I'm going to do what God calls me to do. But the reality is, it takes all of us. And, and every one of us can actually lead and help someone else grow in what we do. You know, I think of my own life, the, the number of people who have bought me different books to, to be able to read or or the men that have come alongside of me in my walk to, to help me grow into the person I've been, whether it was the, the pastor that I interned with you know, years and years ago, to the men that I meet with every Monday night that help to keep me going in what God calls me to do. Because there's times it's hard. Trust me, there are times as a pastor, I don't want to come to church on Sunday morning. I want to just stay home in bed, cuddle with the dogs, and relax. But I have to. I, I got, you know, it's kind of my job, but besides being my job, I actually enjoy doing it. I, I enjoy, believe it or not, the conversations later in the week when I have someone call up and say, hey, by the way, Pastor, your message on Sunday. It lets me know that God still is speaking not only to me but through me and that it's affecting change in people's lives. But remember, it says, let us. It's not just me. Every one of us are that us involved in this scripture. So, so honestly, think about how can you spur someone into good works and, and how can you get someone and have that creativity. And, and, of course, it says not to neglect meeting together. So there's a big part of it. If you're going creatively move someone towards good works or creatively help someone grow in their faith, it means you need to show up. It means you need to be in attendance. Now, the reality is, hey, we have church online. Uh, I, I love the people who join us for church online. And there are people who join us for church online. By the way, let's give it up for those watching church online. <clears throat> there are people, church online from Jamaica, from Canada, from where, where they physically can't be here in the house. And totally, hey, I appreciate you guys. I love you guys. But then there's others who were probably watching church online this morning that could have been here in the house. Could have been right here. Because unfortunately, it's become way too easy just to, hey, you know what? I'm just going to watch, watch church online. Or you know what? Hey, with the internet today and COVID, you know, when COVID and churches were closed, I mean, you could watch the best preachers in the world anytime you wanted just by pulling them up on YouTube, on your Apple TV, whatever it was. You could watch the best of the best. And then all of a sudden it was, hey, let's go back to church. And like, but I like being in pajamas. But the reality is you can never <clears throat> sit at home and get the same thing out of a message or out of worship because it's more than those two components. Because I know I've watched online and I get distracted. During the week, I watch some of the, <clears throat> some of the pastors that I like to watch and, and I find I even get distracted watching them. I'll be in my office and I'll have them on and 
be like, oh, that's a really good message, and then it's like squirrel, I start doing something else. And we do the same thing at home. All of a sudden, you're at home, you're watching something, you know, hey, I'm going to watch this message, and then you start, the phone rings, text message comes in, you get an email alert, the dog starts barking, and all of a sudden, you kind of miss it. The other thing you miss is community. You miss being next to somebody. You miss being able to see that smile, have that hug, a handshake, whatever it may be. You can't get that through the TV set. You can't get that through an iPad or Android tablet, whatever it is. It requires you to be in person. Now, Grant, there's nothing wrong with watching. Totally agree with it, but don't forsake meeting together. Make sure you always take that time to come together because, as we all know, iron sharpens iron. And in order for iron to sharpen iron, they've got to touch each other. They've got to be in contact, so it re requires us to be in contact with each other in, in order to continue to grow. And, and not only this times you may be the one needing to grow, but you may have something to give to somebody else to help them to grow also. You know, I think of the Apostle Paul or, you know, just the way he, he always earned, he wanted to be wherever he wasn't at. Where he always, you look at all the letters through, through the New Testament, he talks about, I want to be there or I wish I could be there. And, and I really think about, you know, that's that whole attitude of gratitude that we should have. He yearned to be there. In, in Romans chapter 1 verse 11 uh, Paul gives this perspective on attending church. He says, I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Now understand, this isn't just a preacher wanting to go to the Roman church and preach. Because verse 12 says this, that is to be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. It was a two-way street. It wasn't just him going to go preach he wanted to be encouraged back and forth. It, it was that conversation, that, that seeing what brothers and sisters were doing to help spur him along to what he was doing. Yeah, you know, I, I think about, you know, when, I, when me and Patty would go out to eat, you know, we would go Wings Plus, John G's, whatever it is. I, I never go in there with a servant's attitude. See, the reality is when, when I go to a restaurant, I don't go in there planning to cook someone else's food. I'm not going in there to wait on tables. I'm definitely not going to do the dishes. You know, I'm not going to help people eat their food or cut their food for them. No, I go in there to be served. I go in there, I, I, I pay my money, and I expect them to cook the food the way I want it cooked. Although, I, Patty will tell you, I don't complain if it's wrong. I, I'm not that person. I just won't eat it. I'll put it to the side of the plate, but anyways... So I expect them to cook my food. I expect them to keep my drink full. And to when it's said and done, that they're going to clear off the table, they're going to wash the dishes, and all I got to do is pay, and we're good. And if they do a good job, guess what? I give them a little better tip than someone who doesn't, but we won't go there either. But the reality is some people approach church that same way. It's consumerism. You know, instead of coming to church, well, I gave my tithe, feed me. Instead of, hey, I'm here to not only be fed, 
but I'm here to help feed others. I'm here to have that servant's heart and be about other people instead of just myself. It's one thing to go to a restaurant and want to be served. But when we come into the house of the Lord, we are here to serve others. Whenever we go into this world, we are there to serve others. We're called to love one another. We're called to make disciples. You can only make disciples by having those conversations. You can only make disciples by being in contact with somebody else. We need to spur each other on. And you can't spur people on if you're not spending time with them. So I want to encourage you guys, don't stop meeting together because unfortunately sometimes it gets easy. If you think this is all about you, you're going to wake up on Sunday morning and be like, I don't feel like going to church today. I'll just watch online. But when you realize it's not just about you, it's about your brother and sister in Christ. It's about leading others, helping other people grow. All of a sudden, you got a different attitude about what community is about. You want to get involved. You want to do things. You want to take those steps to be who God called you to be. Yeah, I, I can't thank my brothers enough. Carlos and Edgar, 78 miles one way, made them get up, had no expectation what they were going to, because I'm here to tell you that the church they come from probably have Bible studies bigger than this group, just so you know. So no expectations whatsoever to come down here. And why did they come? To spur the men who took the challenge. Willing to take that step and say, hey, you know what? They did this challenge. I want to be there to build them up. I want to be a part of it. And we're so glad that, you know, I found the challenge, believe it or not, on the Bible app, on version. And I looked, hey, more about the author, and I found out about Carlos and, and reached out. We, we had conversations. We had Zoom meetings, and we connected to the point that three of us around Thanksgiving took that 78-mile ride south. Now, I'm here to tell you, when you go south, you're guaranteed one thing, and when it's called a men's meet, M-E-A-T, and you're going to South Miami, you know you're getting some good Cuban food, okay? And I'm just saying, I'm waiting for the next one because I'm going. <laughs> Y'all remember, I'm from Miami, so I'm going back. <laughs> Have you created one for women yet? <laughs> Not yet. Not yet. But it's about that coming together. See, and that's what it's about. It's about having that time together as a community. We need community. We need each other more than we ever think we need. And then you got to ask that question. Well, okay, how often should we meet? What should we do? It says, hey, as more as the day is approaching. So here's the reality. Is the day of the Lord approaching more now than it was then? Yeah. So we should meet more as the day approaches? So, so as we sit here and we look at what's happening in the world today, and I love the way in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 2 and 4, it says this, For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, proud, demeaning, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, unloving, 
irreconcilable, slanderers, without self-control, brutal, without love for what is good, traitors, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Man, does that sound like the world today? It's getting worse before it's getting better, right? So as the day of the Lord, if, if that's what it's going to look like as the day approaches, and we should meet more together as the day approaches, you think we should meet more? You think you should actually take the time to say, hey, I need to get involved. I need to be there on Sunday. I need to get involved in a life group. I need to be around other brothers and sisters in Christ where I can help them grow and they can help me grow because I'm dealing with this in the world. And we're able to be there for each other, spur each other up to be able to move forward and do what God called us to do. And we know the world's getting worse. 266 new porn sites every day. Think about it. That's crazy. Every single day, 266 more. Um, every kid will view over 100,000 episodes of violence before they get out of elementary school. And you know this fun recreation we have in our country. Did you know that every 79 seconds someone is involved in an accident due to alcohol? Every 79 seconds in the U.S., there's an alcohol-involved accident, either death or injury, because of alcohol. And it's stuff that, you know, we really don't think about. And you all know, hey, I play Xbox. I play Call of Duty. I, that's my relief to shoot people and blow things up. The good thing is they come right back to life, so it's really not murder. <laughs> Lisa sounds good, right? But, but it's my release, how I release tension every day. Maybe it goes back to my days in the Marine Corps. I don't know. But it, it, talk about violence. I mean, look at the video games that are out there today. Right? Got some serious Grand Theft Auto. What other games? What other games are out there that people play nowadays? What is that you guys play? Halo. What is it? Huh? 2K? Madden? Oh, there's no violence in Madden. <laughs> Unless you hit the hit stick, right? <laughs> this is what the world's coming to. is getting darker and darker. And if it's getting darker for our kids, it's getting darker for our grandkids. And, and, and the reality is that we need to be there and, and be that light in the dark, darkness. Be the salt that we're called to be. Be who Jesus calls us to be every day. And in order to do that, we need to take time together. We need to build each other up. Be willing to take those extra steps to be available for someone else. Now, I'm not telling you, you know, how often should we get together. I'm not saying you need to be here every single day. But the reality is you need to be someplace in the community of God. Getting involved in the community. Because believe it or not, church is more than four songs in a 45-minute sermon. It's way more than that, but getting involved in a life group where you do life together, you know, we are better together. Even God says it's not good for man to be alone, so we should not be alone. Get involved in a life group. You know, we got midweek Bible on, on Wednesday. We've got a Thursday night youth from Midland High School. We've got Tuesday, and let me tell you, Tuesday is probably my favorite of all the week is our Tuesday night shaking prayer group. 
Let me tell you, there is something about coming together with other believers in Jesus Christ, sitting around a table with every prayer request that's come into this church, praying out loud by name for every prayer request. There is something powerful about doing that. And you want to talk about feeling the Spirit and being there, knowing that, guess what we're doing? We're lifting up each other's burdens among brothers and sisters in Christ. Sunday morning women's Bible study. FX3 challenge for the men next week. We got a Saturday morning, uh, the Forge meets. The Forge will switch over to Sundays after Father's Day, after the next FX3 challenge. Men, be the men God called you to be. Here's the reality. If you want to be a part of the community of church, get to church before it starts. It's so funny. I would actually chuckle about it. And believe it or not, it's not just here. It's like every church you go to. You know, all of a sudden, you know, worship starts and you look out and, and it's almost empty. By the time worship's done, it's full. And I used to laugh at my previous church because, you know, it got dark, so you really couldn't see people. So it was all of a sudden like, it got dark, worship team came up, lights came on, it's like, ah, whole choir there. You know, you, you, you want to get involved, you want to meet people, guess what, come early. Hey, if I got to put donuts back there and coffee back there, that's right, coffee and donuts in the sanctuary, <gasps> no way, yeah, because we all know food brings fellowship. So if I got to put coffee and donuts back there, I'll put coffee and donuts back there, and we'll like put tape on the ground to restrict you to an area, whatever it may be. But, but you want to get to know people, guess what? Come early and then stay after. S stay after service and actually have a conversation. You'll be surprised how many times on a Sunday that there are people in here, and it's like Micah and I are, hey, you don't need to leave, but you can't stay here, you know, because people are still in here talking. That's how you get to know people. Take time. Come early. Stay late. Get involved in a life group. Do whatever you're called to do. But how often should we meet? As often as we can. I've got a group of men you guys have heard me say before. I meet with every single Monday night. And it's, it's about that accountability. And we talk about our piety, our study, and our action. How are we living our Christian life? How are we actually doing on it? All to the point of even down to, hey, did you pray over every meal this week? And here's the reality. If someone says no, what? You didn't pray this week? And it's that holding each other and lifting each other up, being those straps to hold each other so we don't fall, so we don't get blown over or blown away. But in order to do that, you've got to be a part of a community. You've got to get involved. Get involved with, with things that are going on with other Christian brothers and sisters. And be who God called you to be. He's called us to go and tell people about him. We're told to tell people about our Jesus. We're, we're called to love one another. But we're also called to not forsake meeting together. Make sure you take that time to meet together. Hebrews 3.13 says this, But encourage each other daily while it is still called today, so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. 
Read that with me again. But encourage each other daily while it is still called today so that none of you is hardened by sin's deception. If you think sin is not out there and Satan is not trying to deceive you, you're sadly mistaken. And it takes a village. It takes us to be together. It takes us to lift each other up, be there for each other in order to beat that deception each and every day. You want to see change in the world, you need to be the change you want to see. We need to be the difference in everything we're called to do. And the reality is, being on mission with God means doing that. Being a living and active member of a community of God. Are you, a, are you living? Everyone here is living, right? Yeah, we still got blood through our veins, right? We're still breathing. So we're all living. Are we all active in the community of God? And I want to challenge you, if you're not, make today the day you're going to change that. Make today be the day, you know what, I, I need to change. I need to be more active. And if you got questions, hey, I'm here. And for men in the house, you got questions about the upcoming uh, retreat weekend, Carlos, Edgar will be here afterwards. Go up and talk, introduce yourself, talk to them, get some more information about it. But then I want to encourage you, next Sunday, be here at 9.30. We're meeting in the classroom, literally about right there above us. Be here at 9.30 next Sunday and be a part of that challenge. Be a part of the FX3 challenge. Be the man that God called you to be. Trust me, there isn't a woman in the world that wouldn't want a true man of God. Your own wife, your own significant other is looking for a man of God. Be the man. Be who God called you to be. Ladies, get involved in a life group. Whether it's Sunday morning, Wednesday night. And hey, if they're, you're, hey, you know what, I can't make Wednesday, I can't make Sunday morning. You know what, let me know, come and talk to me. We'll figure out a date and a time that's good for you and we'll go ahead and create a life group around you. And for the men in the house, if you can't make next Sunday morning, you can't do the FX3 challenge on Sunday morning, see me. I will be willing to take time out of my schedule and do a one-on-one -on -one challenge with you. That's how much I believe in iron sharpens iron and how we need to be a community that God has called us to be. Amen? Amen. So now... With that being said, if you're here in this room today and you're like, hey, pastor, that's all good, and you're talking about Christians, and you're talking about going to church, well, I, I've never accepted Jesus, and, and you just don't know my situation. Well, let me tell you something. I don't need to know your situation. Reality is he does. And, and, and here's a flash of news for you. God's word says that we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. So if you look at the person next to you, they're a sinner. Oh, no way. Yeah. The person next to you is a sinner. Hey, I'm the pastor and guess what? I still sin. I still fall short of the glory of God. I'm human just like anybody else. 
But yet God loved us enough that he sent his son to die on a cross for us. And it says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. You're like, it's that easy, Pastor? Yeah, it's that easy. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, and you will be saved. Now, here comes the hard part. After you accept Jesus and you say, hey, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. Him being the Lord of your life means that he's your master. So you're doing what he tells you to do, not what you want to do. That's the hard part. But it is so rewarding. The rewards that we will get when we arrive in heaven and when we see Jesus face to face, we're never going to be perfect here on earth. So if you're shooting for perfection, nice try. You're never going to be perfect. But we can strive for it. We can be better today than we were yesterday. We can try and be better tomorrow than we were today. So if you've never accepted Jesus, God's Word says today is the day of salvation. Take those steps. Don't leave here today, whether you're here in this room, join us for church online. Don't let today go by without making Jesus the Lord of your life. And if you're here and you're like, man, pastor, you're talking about me, you bugged my house again. You listened to my conversations. I didn't want to come to church today. Well, I didn't come to church today, whichever it may be. And, you know, I, I would love to be able to stay home myself and sit in pajamas but I don't think y'all want to see me in pajamas up on the screen giving a sermon. We need to do what God calls us to do. Don't forsake meeting together. Consider one another. Think about how you can creatively build someone else up in their faith. And before you come to church, before you come to a life group, whatever it is, if you have those thoughts on your mind, how can I help someone else today, you'll find that your world is so much different. Your attitude towards life will be so much different when you're looking to serve others instead of serving yourself. Be who God called you to be. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today and we thank you. Lord, we thank you for all that you are and all that you do. And Lord, we know that you are still on the throne. And Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for, for the commands that you give us. Lord, it's not just for the pastor. It's not just for deacons or elders. It, it's for all of us who call ourselves Christ followers. And Lord, that we will actually be followers of you, not fans of you. Lord, Lord fans come and go, but followers stay till the end. Lord, as them disciples, you said, follow me. They willingly went and died for you, just like you willingly died for us. Lord, may we be that same way. May we seek to be in the house of the Lord forever. May we seek to lift up others, help others grow in their faith. Be those straps that when the winds and the rain come, that they don't fall over, that we're able to hold them up. And as we come together as unity, as one body of Christ, we should affect change in this entire world. Lord, there's so many different chemicals that they can't put together because they're volatile. But yet, 
we can put people together and, and if they're collecting stamps or dogs or whatever it may be, it's fine. But Lord, when the, a group of believers come together, Lord, we should be so volatile that people want to see what we are doing. People should want to see the reaction that we have. We should be able to change the world by who we are and who we are in you. Lord, may you make us bold enough to be willing to tell people about you. Lord, that we will be there to lift each other up, that we won't forsake meeting together, and that we will sharpen each other in everything we do. Lord, help us to be the salt and the light that you've called us to be. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, thanks again for joining us here today at FBC Lantana for Church Online. And, and, and if, if you enjoyed what you saw today, I'd just like to ask you to go ahead, go to our website and, and help support this ministry as we try and outreach and reach the lost for Jesus Christ. And you can just go to our website, fbclantana.com slash give, um, and you can make an online donation right there. Again, I encourage you to get connected to a local church, and especially if during this message you felt compelled to accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, definitely go tell somebody. Let someone know because that is the greatest decision you could ever make in your life. And, and from there, get connected to a local church. Hey, we would love to provide you with some resources with that. You can go to our website, fbclantana.com, and on the very front page, you say, give my life to Jesus. Click on there, and at the bottom of there, there's some links and some good information for you. And just wanted to say, welcome to the family.